hello and welcome to a very spiritual trade edition of the Warriors All 82 podcast. You may hear a song in the background, the arena post game. What are we like, 45 minutes, an hour from yeah. uh, the end of the game? Nate Duncan is with me. And uh, there's a religious concert that includes Steph Curry going on on the court. Late night entertainment. Yeah, spiritual, not spirited. And certainly the Warriors' defense could not be described as spirited it today. Can, it cannot, but we're not here to talk about the game because uh, people are more concerned with transactions. And a transaction happened today. You know, this was the Warriors' first in-season trade, I think since like 2014. Uh, the uh, Marshawn Brooks, uh, Kent Bazemore trade. They just haven't. Which is surprising because you would expect them to maybe make one or two over the years, you know, adding a piece. Uh, but they've just really kind of, besides buyout candidates or two-way guys, like really stayed stagnant with their rosters the last few years. Yeah, you would have thought that maybe they would do something, but they've always, their second rounders, they've been so good that their second rounders have always been pretty worthless. And they've, uh, I mean, I would have thought maybe they'd make some moves just to like, reduce the tax bill or something but yeah not even that but uh yeah this seemed really a financially motivated move here for Cauley Stein which uh if you haven't heard about it it was for Utah's second round of this year they just traded him away did not receive a player in return he just went into the trade exception that Dallas had from Harrison Barnes a year ago I would almost say flexibility motivated more than financial you know this is about his player option next season I think if Willie Cauley Stein was on a one year, two point, you know, whatever, $1 million deal, there's a chance he's still here. Although, you know, they probably take the second rounder. But they just, they don't have enough open roster spots in the summer. With Cauley Stein, they had committed to 12 guys into next season, and I'm including the partial guarantee for Damian Lee, which they just gave away. Um, so, I mean, this just, like, they only had three open roster spots going into a summer where we're talking about, you know, a draft pick, a high draft pick that we assume at this point is going to be on the roster. They're going to want to dip into the free agency pool. They might want to bring back Lynn Robinson. You know, we've talked about Iguodala. Like, they just need to open. They probably still need to open more roster spots than the one they did today, but this is a start. Um, and, you know, I good move, I would say. Well, and then you throw in that they want to get Kai Bowman in this year. They want to be able to sign him to a multi-year deal. Uh, they want to have Marquise Chris actually be able to practice with the team. Would be helpful. For, if your for starting example. center can practice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I definitely think that the, there's a lot to it in getting off that money. And, I mean, they did get a small asset in, in theory. Cauley Stein had positive trade value. They benefited from the fact that uh, Dwight Powell went down. The Mavs needed uh, a gravity role man center and the Warriors frankly don't right now and I think they are of the belief that uh, they'll have someone that they could get next year I mean because those player options it's either the guy is really good and then he opts out and it's hard to bring him back or it's he's not any good and then he opts in and then you don't want him because he opted in yeah I mean he had played um, bland enough this season where like the option was definitely there that he was going to pick it up and I think that was kind of the concern uh, from the Warriors side of things. And, yes, you get what will probably be, let's say, the 55th overall pick, Utah's. But that's – while that's probably not a pick that necessarily will have much value to use, maybe you can, like, add it with, like, a, to, like, Jacob Evans. Say, hey, can you take Jacob Evans into your cap space? We'll give you a little bit of money and you can have this, you know, Utah second-round pick. Like, it's a small enough asset that it can just be kind of an extra sweetener that might – 
get you over the top of a another small deal that'll just get you off like a Jacob Evans contract. Yeah, and the, to be clear, they don't have any cash to spend now, but at the draft, they could agree to a trade with this pick, make the pick for that team, and then consummate it in the new league year when they have some cash gain. Because, yeah, you would imagine that Jacob Evans is another roster spot that they're not interested in keeping around at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it was... Do you think he could have really, like, there's any way that he could have contributed next year if he does pick up the player option? Yes. Um, I mean, we never saw what he signed here to do. He signed here to uh, be the JaVale McGee to the Steph Curry lobs, you know? like. And, again, the reason why JaVale McGee resurrected his career wasn't just because of Steph Curry's gravity. It was also Clay Thompson was spotting up on the wing. Kevin Durant was on the team at the time. But, like, I can't remember the exact number, but I think JaVale in two seasons with the Warriors had, like, 217 lob dunks. Um, and he is currently still in the league because of what happened there. Um, you know, they tried to do it with Damian Jones. That did not work. But I think Willie Cauley-Stein was looking at it as um, a chance to kind of trampoline his career by coming to the Warriors, learning in the winning environment, probably going to the playoffs in his mind for the first time, which now he will in Dallas. He's actually, this is a good fit for him in Dallas, which we can talk about. But he missed all of training camp, which I think was a problem, um, which was an important training camp. Misses the first three games of the regular season with a bad foot sprain that he suffered late in the summer. Comes back in the Phoenix game. Comes off the bench that night. And that and that's the same night that Steph Curry breaks his hand. He's actually the guy that Phoenix picked off the bench to shoot Steph Curry's free throws because Steph couldn't shoot the free throws after he, he got uh, hurt. Um, so he played four total minutes with Steph Curry. He leaves with zero lob dunks in Steph Curry minutes, you know, connections with Steph Curry. So I, I do think he could have helped more. I mean, you've talked about it. He's better as a switch defender than maybe like more of the schemes they had to run this year with their limited personnel, where if next year, let's say, an Iguodala comes back, let's say you just get a, a roster that's built more to what they used to be, he would have been a better player for that. But at the same time, uh, they, they, yes, they, uh, they were a little bit just kind of like, I won't say displeased, but maybe just like he just kind of floated around most games. Uh, he was helpful to have as a big body out there. But I'd say he disappointed them with his play, and I think there was a sense that uh, he might pick up the player option and they could maybe get something better in that roster spot. Well, hey, I mean, if he opts out, they could always try and sign him again next year. If you really, I, But, yeah, there are players that – I mean, I do think that there was a player in there, especially when you consider the way he can sprint the floor and transition to where his weaknesses, which are decision-making – catching the ball on non-lobs, physicality in the paint, where if you're switching, it wouldn't be as important. And, he, you know, he could be a part of this great transition attack, uh, attack, and they don't do anything in transition this year because their point guard is probably the slowest point guard in the league right now. So, uh, And I yeah. thought he would be a better fit with D'Angelo Russell in the pick and roll, but, like, D'Angelo just kind of he just kind of meanders. And he hits a bunch of shots. He was great tonight. I mean, this, is, I sh- this isn't necessarily the night to criticize D'Angelo, but... I mean, he just plays a certain way that doesn't really seem to help a bunch of other guys around him. Yeah, no, it, it does seem that way to some degree. So, no, I think this is a good move ultimately. I mean, do you, would you say that? Yeah. I mean, I think um, if you look at the experiment as a whole, which we kind of just were, like the Willie Cauley-Stein like, signing didn't work. And if you go back to, um, you know, the, the season prior, they tried the same thing with the former Kings big De- or DeMarcus Cousins. That one didn't work. It really... You go back to JaVale McGee. Harry like, Giles available for next year. He's going to be a free agent. 
Uh, Dwayne Dedman. Actually, Harry Giles Kerr would love Harry Giles because of his passing. He's like a young, smart. He could be the new Looney. Oh, no. Well, where's the, where's the old Looney? Uh, uh, well, yeah, they need a new Looney. That was the point. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, JaVale McGee's really the last, like, project center they went and got in free agency that's worked. Which, you know, they had limited resources to try. This wasn't a good team for Collie Stein. But, uh, yes, overall, I think good move. Uh, you mentioned the ramifications, you know, in the moment. The long-term ones, I think, are the ones that matter more. But in the moment, Chris is now starting. Will eventually, I think, take up a roster spot. Uh, yeah. and, and also for Chris, they are going to endeavor, I'm sure, to sign him to a contract that will go into next year. And do you think it'll be I think they'll want to have it non-guaranteed for next year though cuz I don't think they want to like link themselves to the roster spot for next year that they just freed themselves yeah. from. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it could be they might try and do that. There could be a matter of some negotiation. They could try to, you know, make it same as Damian Lee, you know, six hundred thousand. That could be like a, sort of sort of an anchoring point for the negotiations. Yeah. Also, um, I'm still like kind of in this hard set, hard cap mindset where you know once they get through July, like they could just cut some of these players that you know what I mean. Like they could just cut Jacob if if it's going to take too much to get off Jacob Evans, they could just cut him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. once they're freed from the hard cap, then it's just more tax. Yeah, I mean, which would be, it's, I mean, they're going to be, if they use the Iguodala trade exception, they are going to be deep in the tax next year. I mean, to where, you know, Jacob Evans' uh, $3 million salary could save them, like, you know, over $10 million to get rid of him, depending on where they are. So, and we could even see them doing the wait until the trade deadline and then use some cash to get off of him next year. They'll surely, you would think, decline his fourth round. Maybe, I mean, he's going to be around the rest of the year, you would think, unless they also are able to get off of him in this uh, deadline process. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so, two open roster spots now. They The 14th one's open because Collie Stein's gone, and the 15th one now is will slide enough under the hard cap that they can use the 15th one. Uh, you've mentioned Chris. You've mentioned Bowman. Uh, as guys, they're probably going to want to get on the full-time roster. But if you're them, don't you wait till after the deadline? Because at this point, you could use that 14th spot as like a, you know, a conduit or, or uh, you know, like let's you just wait till around the league. Somebody might send you a second round pick because they have to get off this minimum deal to like get another deal done. Like, don't you just wait for maneuvering purposes? Maybe, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I mean, maybe what it would be is you, if you move Looney. And you take back like two minimum contracts, so that, like like that's probably like the only reason to do it. I think would be them because there are other teams that don't have the hard cap restrictions that aren't in the tax as well. That it probably makes more sense to you know for Houston to move Gerald Green to or something. There's plenty of other teams that are in a better place than the Warriors are. The Warriors don't really need like some cash for another team or something like that's that's probably not a huge consideration. So I I think. You know, maybe we'll see them maybe try to completely dodge the tax this year. Uh, it would seem to me the only really simple way to do that is to trade Looney. And not only do I not think Kerr would want that because of, like, you know, I think he still views Looney as a guy that would help the type of team they'll have next year. But also, you would be trading Looney at his, like, absolute well, bare. I, I don't think they can. I don't, yeah. I don't think there's a way when I mean, you consider that he hasn't played all this year and he has $5 million for the next two years, basically. 
and when, a player option. When his value is at his worst. Because, like, if, yeah. you, if you just – the contract when he signed it this summer would have been viewed as a very, like, positive value contract around the league. Like, ooh, come on, Looney, the one we saw in the playoffs at only $5 million. Right now, I mean, it's such an unsure future. And, and to me, the thing we should talk about, like, Looney needs to get back this season – and like build his body back conditioning wise like that that's that's another like kind of ripple effect of Collie Stein uh, leaving is I think they need to bring Looney back and as bad as he'll probably look because he looked really bad when he came back and kind of tried to like work himself back into shape they may need to just eat those ugly Looney minutes for like a month and just be like hey you're gonna get 15 to 20 minutes a night you need to work yourself back into basketball shape because they, they they need him to be good next year yeah that's that's true and also we'll get to see Chris we'll get to see Spellman play with Steph now, you know, just because you don't have this veteran who is going to, could potentially be a free agent who would chafe if he wasn't getting minutes. So I, I think this is a, a good move to, as you mentioned, to open up some more playing time. That's a resource, more space under the hard cap, et cetera, et cetera. Last one. Uh, trade deadline is obviously nearing. Do you think Alec Burks can get them a better second rounder than the one they got today? Yeah, I think he probably could because he doesn't have the player option on the end. I mean, that was a, a liability, uh, whereas uh, Burks you know, you, and Philly, for example, I think would be That's a good the fit. One. They've got a billion extra second-round picks, and you know, I don't think it's going to be a good second. Well, it's, but, yeah. they have the Knicks, I believe, and somebody else that's bad, the Hawks, yeah. I think. Um, so, Yeah, do you that's think- too good. They, they don't get that for them. Um, could they go? Could they go? Uh, no, no is probably the answer. But like Burks plus the second rounder from Utah to get the second rounder from like the Knicks, which will be like thirty six. Yeah, I think that's unlikely because once you get past forty five, there's a precipitous decline in the value. I mean, if you just look at the numbers for guys drafted fifty and later, they just have like a you know like a ten percent rate of even like having any kind of a career at all it's like it's it may not be quite that low but it's really bad yeah no it's right that's it's strange but that's such a you know the 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 jump up from 55 to 35 is worth more than like potentially like burks could really help philly i mean i think their third fewest bench points in the league this year um you would know better than me on that but i don't know it seems like burks would have good value to them and maybe if Philly gets really desperate at the deadline, they can't get a Derrick Rose. They can't, you know, they strike out on some other targets, and they're like, oh, we just need somebody. All right, fine, take the Knicks second rounder. Because, like you said, they have so many, they, they can't use that many. Yeah, again, I uh, I consider it very unlikely. I mean, they're just going to be able to get a better guy than Alec yeah. Burks if they want to move that. Correct. All right. Uh, well, that, that'll do it for the trade deadline edition people finally filing to the exits and uh east coast trip coming up warriors are going to philly boston cleveland dc brooklyn you might even see kevin durant in brooklyn on the back end of that yeah. say hello to old kevin he won't be playing but he will be <laughs> this will be the first time he will be around the franchise since game five when he tore the achilles because he went to new york for the surgery that night never has been back to the bay area since so It's like mildly interesting in a season that doesn't have much left. All right.